happy February. It is February, the month of love, the month of Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> no, our communication is going to be so good for Valentine's Day. We have no communication skills with Mercury being in retrograde. We're all going to get in fights with mm. our exes or our current lovers. And Valentine's mm. Day is going to come along and we're all going to argue about them getting the wrong gift we're for all us. We're going to be alone. Sounds like every alone. Valentine's mm-hmm. Day ever. Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> you're like cat relate so february also marks almost a full year into when we've been in some sort of lockdown isn't that insane i feel like this was the fastest year ever mm-hmm. but also like days drove like we're so slow but the months just went so fast and i don't know about you but like the beginning of the pandemic for me was really just like i was already in a crisis but it was like doubly like just a mental crisis mm-hmm. and i do think that when I'm in those types of crises. My brain is like, maybe you should just have a kid and like settle down. <laughs> I feel like that's like a, what some people do, right? Though they're like, how do I fix? I have no control over my life, so I should have a kid. I should get married. I, I should, should just have settle kid. down. Yeah. Well, don't people do like that? Real like marriage is like failing. They'll just like have, have a kid. kid. Yeah. The, my world was failing. I was like, I'm. So you're like, my boyfriend lives. I need a baby <laughs> across the country, but somehow I'm just gonna have. A kid. I would like to be a single mother. So how did you cope with that without actually having a kid? Um, I just kind of visualized in my head what it would be like, and I actually like started making a list of baby names that I thought of because I was like planning for this child. Right. <laughs> Do you have a list? Because I feel like girls, especially when they're little, like plan their baby names since they're like five years old. Yeah, I personally don't have a list, but over the years, through talking to my Mm. sister, who definitely like does have a list, Mm. she said certain names that have prompted me to think like, ooh, well like that's close to a name that I like, so I need to like claim Um, it so that if I ever do decide to have kids, she can't name it. Because she's definitely having children, and so whatever she takes, she's going to get way before I, and I'm left with whatever is left over okay so I'm so intrigued like what's your list like what what are some on your um, list we'll go I back feel and like forth. my names okay my number one baby I have no boy names I don't I just don't want to have masculine energy going around in my brain right, so who wants it <laughs> I only have girl names picked out and my number one name is willow for oh, a little cute. girl i know a lot of willows i know yeah they're cute i also know a lot of dogs named willow so it's kind oh. of changed my perception but i love like, <laughs> like willie come here willow come here willie willie yeah, like willie for a girl i like masculine I names for females like not masculine names like not gonna name them like rob <laughs> <laughs> or like i was thinking I more like like i don't even know like over like hulk or something richard like something like <laughs> Like, I don't know, but I, yeah, I've always really liked the Italian names because my sister's named after mm. the city of Siena in Italy. So I've always liked the name Milano for a boy. Like, that's the Italian, Cute. like the actual way to say it. And I've liked Luca for a boy as well. <laughs> I only have boy names, actually, I'm realizing this now. I cannot wait for you to have little kids in your life i also okay for a girl lucia it's the italian version of the name lucy and i just think it's so cute lucia i like that too that actually is really cute i've heard i've only met good lucias like they're all like lucia it's my mom's middle name too so what a good oh oh, that's cute actually i like like passed down traditional names Mm -hmm. like i like naming a kid after a grand like your middle name Maureen, your mom's name. My whole name. My name is, my dad's name is Sandy. And they were like, mm, how do we, like, what's a creative name? And they're like, Cassandra. <laughs> Boom. Boom. And then I have my dad's first name and my mom's. Well, that's cute. I have both my parents' name. names put together. Ken Nettie. So there you go. That's actually why we're friends. Yeah, that's the only we're reason. It's the only thing we have in common. That's why. Really. That's why we started yeah. this podcast. Okay, what's your <laughs> other name? Any other names? Um... My other name for a girl is Opal. Mm, okay. Like, like the stone. Yep. is my grandma's favorite stone. I like that. Again, would be a really cute dog name. So, Just you, all we'll the extras just use for dog names. Yeah, exactly. What about you? What's your second one? That's all I oh, got. I, I like, okay, this is going to be really weird, but I liked the name Roma, but then I was like, wait, everyone's going to call her like tomato. Ew. Like Roma for like a... What? <laughs> Why would they call you tomato? Because Roma Why? tomato. What? Because Roma is a type of Oh, tomato. I would have think it sounds like the city. Oh, yeah, like it is Roma. I but would, like, yeah, I like Roma for a girl or Milano or Lucia. Those are like my top three. Those are cute. Yeah. Those are cute. My, it's new on my list, but I love the name Pepper for a girl. 
pepper. Like pepper pots. Add a little, yeah, add a little from bit of spice. Add a little spice. I just think it's cute. My dad would nickname my sister Penelope, and my grandpa always called me Petunia. So, it, like, we just we never just call her, like... It down. So, it's kind of cute, and I just think it's, like, cute. She's going to be, like, a little feisty girl, oh, you know? I love that. Pepper. And that segues yeah. ever so deliciously in today, today's episode, because, because why, Cassandra? Because we have the most greatest honor and the spiciest of having oh and the spiciest the most flavorful honor of having the ceo and founder of pepper on our podcast stacy owen mm-hmm. we're so excited to have her the bosses will see you now i had my first clubhouse meeting room today yeah. and it was so fun it's, I think I'm going to kind of use all my spare time in there now. I was going to say, can you guys explain to me what it is? Like, I've heard the hype about it, but I really don't know anything about what Clubhouse is. Like, what is it? You guys are young and cool. You should know more I'm than not I young do. and cool. I might, <laughs> we're not cool. No. What an assumption to make <laughs> that we're cool. Like, Well, welcome to the club. We call ourselves a bunch of nerds over at Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> but what is Clubhouse? Like, what do you do on it? It's, think of it like a podcast, but it's interactive, mm-hmm. and you can have multiple mm. guests, you can bring people up on stage, mm-hmm. it's audio only, it's, it's literally like a like an interactive podcast. So is everything like recorded and saved to the app afterwards, you can go back and listen to it, or is it all just live, and then when it's gone, it's gone? It's interesting because if they catch you recording, you can be banned, oh. and they say they only record uh, conversations, and they only hold it for a certain length of time in case anything happens in a room. But there is kind of like Snapchat that way. It's supposed to be just one and done. No, I really liked it. I was in um, a podcast, kind of like how to grow a podcast room. And it was with a podcast that I follow that has a significant follower base. And it was me and them and two other people. So it was just like a direct conversation to these people. I never dreamt I would have that opportunity to do. And now we're like our own little network. It was great. I loved it. It's it's incredible the people you can be in a room with. Sophia Amoroso from Girl Boss. So cool. I was in a room with her. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I've I said nothing. But... <laughs> that's okay. Just like, oh listen. God. You just absorbed. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm just here right? to listen. Yeah. Have you started any of your own rooms to chat with? With some friends? Just to yeah. test it out and be like, okay, let's make all the mistakes mm-hmm. and push all the buttons just to see. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So you can only, like, listen right now. You can't, like, create, or you can still create, like, your own club. You can create rooms, but you can also create your own club. So a room is just something Mm -hmm. you can throw up. Mm -hmm. And even you can interact with whoever you want. So you can get into a room. You can raise your hand. People can bring you on stage, and you can still be a speaker. But you can host your own room, but you definitely want your own club. If if you Especially, like, if you guys want to have your own club. We should. You know, Conference and Chill (laughs) could have its own club. Well, for people listening to this audio, we it's not just a clubhouse expert that we have on the podcast today. Her name is Stacy Owen, and she's actually the founder and CEO of Pepper. So we're really excited to have you today, Stacy, to talk to us and gain some knowledge from your experiences. You were a photographer at first, and now you run this company with multiple employees, and it seems incredible that that's happen so fast and that's able to happen in Kamloops and we were talking about Kamloops being a small but very growing community Mm -hmm. um so it'd be great if you could start us off by just giving a little background of who you are oh man I feel like that's that's a nice intro by the way very well done (laughs) um I feel like that's the hardest question to ask someone and uh it's I find it so hard to talk about myself which is really interesting I love talking about other people and things and ideas and um, creatives like I love talking up other people not about other people talk about yourself in the third person then yes yeah. yeah, Stacy story was a young girl <laughs> growing up in the Yukon mm-hmm. oh nice oh. that's where you're from yes yeah I was born and raised in the Yukon um I moved to Kamloops about 12 13 years ago I think I, I would love to know a little bit how you got into photography mm-hmm. so was it something you were always drawn to you always felt that was like a creative outlet for you or was it something you kind of stumbled upon and ended up building a career out of okay well that's actually a hilarious story so my dad went to documentary film school 
And so the, oh, there was wow. always, yeah, yeah, he's a really cool guy. There was always cameras around the house. I think a lot, most photographers were hobbyists at some point. You're like, oh, I had a camera since I was 16, and it was given to me at my birthday, or I bought my first <laughs> one, and then you were just shooting your friends and things like that. So, yeah, I, I was just a hobbyist for a very long time. I used to actually be married. I'm not married any longer. So my professional mm-hmm. name was Stacy Crowell, and I feel like most people, mm-hmm. they know my photography work. Mm-hmm. They know that name more than Owen. Well, this, this, can, this can get, like, really deep if you want. So I, my relationship yeah. with my ex-husband was actually a long-term abusive relationship. So I didn't do a lot for myself. And mm-hmm. I never went to college or university because he wanted me to stay home and be with him. So my life was about him. Mm-hmm. And I did photography as a hobby and as something was an outlet for me. And one mm-hmm. of my neighbors at the time, her son was getting married. And they knew that I was into photography. And they asked me to shoot her oh, wow. Yeah, she asked me to shoot her son's wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. I was like, okay, well, no. <laughs> that is not something I'm going to do. Because that's terrifying. Like, terrifying yeah. is such mm-hmm. high pressure. And I was, just, I was just doing it for fun. Like, I took nice photos, but I wasn't a professional. So I ended up second shooting that wedding. And I met one of my closest friends that I have now. Her name's Sherry Nelson, and she owns her own photography business. And she was shooting that wedding. I was her second shooter, mm-hmm. and I fell completely in love with it. It was so much fun. It was a day full of so much joy and happiness and positivity, and everyone was just like, so pumped to be there, which was such a stark contrast to my personal life at the time, mm-hmm. which was really isolated. Um, my ex wanted to keep me really – he liked me to be small and insecure, mm-hmm. and he used to call me his meek little mouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then I started shooting more and gaining friends in the industry. I felt like I had something to offer and I didn't have that before. Yeah. It's interesting about abusive relationships, especially when you're like, I'm smart. Like that's not, I'm not Mm. in that. Like that's not, that would never happen to me. And it does happen slowly. Absolutely. And over time. You don't notice it. You don't notice it. And you don't know like what abuse is. So you weren't, like, able Gosh. to go and, like, did you want to go to school for photography or was there something else you wanted to go to school for or what What were you wanting to do that you weren't able to do? I thought I was going to be, when I came out of high school, I thought I was going to be a journalist. Oh, yeah. Or, or like, a news reporter. I would go and, like, mm-hmm. get the scoop and have my camera and get the photos. So I thought I was going to do something like that, but then I met him and then mm-hmm. life unfolded completely differently than what I thought it would. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, photography sounds really dramatic to say, but it actually saved me and it made me realize Mm -hmm. that I I did actually have control over my life because I think as a young person, you know, when things are happening, you have so many options, but sometimes it feels like things are happening to you, Mm -hmm. but really, like, you you actually have full control Mm -hmm. over your life and the decisions you make. Circumstances happen, like, your environment, things can be happening in, in that but you have complete control over how you react to it and what your decision is and what your actions are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's incredible. So did you already kind of grow a business before you felt like you were able to leave or was it more you just had that feeling like you realized kind of, okay, I have to take control over this? Or did you kind of have photography as something I already built up as a career for yourself at that point? I was doing it for a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. It started off just like part-time I was second shooting a lot. I did, yeah, about two years. The The second year, it was already almost full-time. It happened very quickly for me and very organically. My word of mm-hmm. mouth kept being asked over and over again to do these shoots and mm-hmm. to shoot weddings. And I, I did a ton of second shooting. I just completely immersed myself, and I loved it. And I made a lot of really great friends. Like I said, like built my confidence. And then I took the leap, and I went full-time. I quit my job. I worked for an airline, which was amazing. So I got to go to Costa Rica for like 500 bucks round trip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I went, I went full time. I got, was very busy. I absolutely loved it. I started shooting boudoir in that time. Of course, I was doing a little bit of families and portraits. Then I think like, I thought I was successful. I was doing, I left my ex. I started my own life. It was really hard. It's not for whims. Like it's, it was very exciting and liberating, but yeah, it's a lot terrifying. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrifying and uh, huge, huge life change. So I, I think change, change is absolutely possible, no mm-hmm. matter what situation you're in, and you can do a lot. But you can mm-hmm. wish something to happen, you can want something to happen, but you actually have to make the decision. This mm-hmm. is interesting. I had an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur 
person that wanted to be one, so an aspiring mm-hmm. entrepreneur, I should say. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, like, oh, like, how do I become an entrepreneur? I'm like, that's already the wrong question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to, you just do it. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's deciding to do it and actually doing it, because you can talk about it all you want, but it's the, in the action that sets you apart. Cassandra and I have talked about this before, and we talk to some of our guests about it often, but the idea and the concept of imposter syndrome and mm. Cassandra and I have both kind of dealt with it in our own ways. And I think like for women who are very, and men as well, but we're specifically talking women right now, who are very high achieving and a lot of people only see the success. They don't see how people can achieve all these things and get there, but they still feel like they somehow don't deserve to be there. They still are up there at the top and they're like, can people tell that I feel like I just cheated my whole way up here? Like I've felt like that before. Have you experienced that at all? In what you've done. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I feel like when you are successful and you do hit that like really high, like say you hit like that high, like I've made it up here and you look down and you're like, but I felt like I cheated my whole way. It's because you have, you know, you're very aware you did not do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you put yourself out there. You did, you did work, but there are always people that help you along the way. There, it, I don't believe that anyone does it on their own. The relationships you create open those opportunities and those next levels. Yeah, oh, I've never heard it described yeah, like that. I really like that because you didn't realize you did it on your own. I think I wonder if maybe you think it's because women are usually the helpers, and then being the helped makes us uncomfortable. I, that, I think that's yeah. And you said it better than me. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is some knowledge. <laughs> yeah, we but. It, yeah. We always talk about, like, why do we just, like, born to want to help? Like, it, it's something that we can't get out of our systems. But, yeah, that's so interesting. That might be – I've never heard imposter syndrome described that way. hmm Yeah. I think um, what feels like common sense is actually experience. I, I would say almost every entrepreneur that I ever asked that, that question to, they're like, I don't know, like, I'm just winging it this whole time. Like, <laughs> I've been figuring it – I've been figuring it out as I've been going. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you got into boudoir at that time. So what was it about that specific style that was intriguing for you? I first started shooting boudoir because I thought, well, this looks fun. This is something cool I can do. And it's another revenue stream. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, weddings only happen certain times of the year. And if I'm shooting full time, well, I need to be making money full time. And so I started shooting boudoir in a very traditional way because I thought that's how you're supposed to do it like oh you need this lens and you need this lighting mm-hmm. and you need these poses and this is what boudoir is and I learned very quickly that's not I wasn't mm-hmm. super into it I know people that shoot what you would consider more traditional boudoir really well and I appreciate it mm-hmm. and there is a lot of skill that goes into that but I just didn't feel connected to it so I started shooting some personal projects in a way where it was boudoir like but I felt mm-hmm. more connected okay. to them and my personal style definitely is searching for those connections and, and vulnerability and stories. Mm. So it's, for me, someone is sexy. As in, so if we're talking about individual, I say someone is sexy not because they're trying to be, but because they are. And mm-hmm. in those mm. moments where they're just existing, that can be just as sexy and beautiful as opposed sexy image. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of women choose to shoot boudoir or choose to be photographed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're doing it for their partner yeah. and, and less for themselves. Like it is... It is definitely happening more, women doing it for themselves. But I wanted to shoot it in a way where it's like you are enough as you are right now. Yeah, I, I've always heard recounts of people that have done boudoir shoots and said it was the most empowering thing they've ever done for themselves in their life. So when you were doing such empowering shoots, did it kind of reflect on your life and you were felt empowered doing it too and help you take control of your life at that point when you started doing it? I haven't thought of it that way. Initially, I was doing it just because I really enjoyed it and it was an expression and creating something I felt really connected to and mm-hmm. wanting that for other people. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? They say some of the saddest people inside mm-hmm. are, and depressed people are some of the happiest on the outside mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they know what it's like to be sad, so they don't yes. want other people to feel that. Feel that. So mm-hmm. they're, they're the clowns, they're the jokesters, yeah. big smile. They're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And they're always like, you look so beautiful. And like those people that bring such joy and energy can be very mm-hmm. sad inside. But they, right. they want better for the world because they know they don't want that for other people. Not everyone's like that, but that's mm-hmm. like Robin Williams. 
Mm, what a good example. Yeah. Yes. So for me, oh, that was like yeah. boudoir. I didn't have it for me and I wanted it for mm. other people and I wanted people to be able to express that. And I, I was searching it's for incredible. that. Incredible. Do you oh, think you've been amazing. able to find more of it now that you've started your own business and the people that you've surrounded yourself with? Absolutely. But now it's on purpose. Yeah, no. You know, <laughs> like, like, now it's like with awareness, you know, mm. that it was, it's possible. Yeah. Good. I love it. So at what point in your photography career did it kind of evolve to the point where you needed to make a change mm-hmm. and Pepper started to be an idea in your head? When I got so busy, my friends didn't know what I look like in person anymore and only on social media. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. We should take was... that one into. We should put that quote in our back pockets, Kennedy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, but we have excuses now. Nobody can see anyone in person right now. That's anyways, true. So <laughs> t- run with true. it for now. <laughs> this is true. It's interesting what people can define and even our, like ourselves, like what we define as success. Before mm-hmm. it was, you know, so many photographers, like, be a, you know, six-figure photographer, six-figure business, and that's what success looks like. Well, I can tell you a lot of people I know that have hit that and they don't feel successful. In fact, they're miserable as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They have no time. They have no mm-hmm. time. They have no life. Yeah. They're making money, which is great, but that's only one small aspect of your life. What exactly was the idea that you were hoping Pepper, or I guess the problem Pepper was hoping to solve mm-hmm. for you? I needed to outsource. I had I had outsourced social media already. I had tried that. That was really great, actually. It helped a lot. And then I wanted to outsource other parts of my business that I thought a VA would be able to help me with because I, I was really struggling. I just had too much. I couldn't keep up with everything. As a mm-hmm. solopreneur that a lot of us are when you first start out like running your own business, especially in the creative field, you're by yourself. You can do all the things yourself. Mm-hmm. So you have to wear all these different hats that any other company would have like six people. Yeah, doing this for yeah. you, whether it's, you know, marketing or accounting or shooting. And then for for me, I was like shooting and calling and editing. Those can actually be completely separate mm-hmm. careers. Right. And but you're the choir. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're doing it all yourself. So I went to hire mm-hmm. an assistant and I couldn't find a company. I could, I found some individuals that did some of what I needed, but not all of what I needed. And I couldn't find a company that I thought would understand the creative industry or understand my vibe, my, like my brand. And it just wouldn't, just the learning curve would be too much. Like, would they be sending clients, my e- like, emails to my clients saying, like, as per my last email, mm-hmm. you know, sincerely, so-and-so. Like, that's, <laughs> no, no. Shout out corporate world, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when I asked my friends if they were feeling the same way and looking for the same things, and, like, yes, across the board, and nothing existed, like, no company existed in the photography mm-hmm. industry like this. So I decided to build it. It turned to on... Uh, December 1st. So we're only two years old, which is crazy. Congratulations. Thank it's you. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it seems incredibly successful for two years. If you told me 10 two years, years, I would absolutely believe you. And two years is supposed to be like the if you're going to make it, it's going to happen yeah. in the two years, or if you're going to crash, it's going to happen in the first two years. So congratulations. Look at that. Thank Here you. you Thank you. I mean, not only are we only two, but it's also COVID. Like, that, yeah. yeah, we can talk about that later totally. if you want, but it was like the Absolutely. craziest, biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to survive through that and also only being two was insane. Mm-hmm. Can you so share cool. a little bit with the listeners kind of the services that you guys offer? Because we've talked a lot about the photography, but you guys also do like blogging and newsletters. You do like Google ads, I believe. Like you just, you do straight marketing for companies. So I think it's good for people to know what you offer if they're seeking that type of like help. I love the pause there. Yeah, I was like, what word <laughs> am I looking for? I was like, help. 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 We call it content strategy and creation mm-hmm. for your and marketing your business. So, okay. it, yeah, it's definitely things just like social media, newsletters, blogging. Actually, you know, a big part of what we do is public relations. So we're really successful in doing reach outs, like getting mm-hmm. our creatives mm-hmm. on podcasts, um, getting them published, getting them featured in magazines and online publications. That's a big part of what we do is submissions. There's just like, it's almost like, what don't we do? So would you like take over someone's social media and like run it for them? Or would you just give them like consulting advice on how they should go about it and give them like templates? Like how would you? Yeah, it could be both. Okay. It could be either. When they first come on, we do a three-month strategy, and we get to, okay, like, what are your goals? Like, what are things that you want to be doing? What are, what are things maybe you want off your plate? And then we custom create, okay, like, for 20 hours a month, 
we're going to be doing this for you and this is how it's going to help you move ahead. And we actually do an SEO and social audit on their on their website and on their social media first because we want to know what the analytics are. We want to know mm-hmm. like, okay, where are the gaps? Where are the holes before we even do anything? Mm-hmm. Because I can say like, I'm going to start blogging for you because you want to improve your SEO. Mm-hmm. But what happens if your site has this like terrible, what happens if Google's already ranking it really, really low, yet blogging will help. There are other like easy fixes that you can be doing mm-hmm. that would improve your SEO way quicker than just blogging. So this might be a dumb question, but what is an SEO? Oh, SEO. So search engine optimization. So it's how Google ranks your website. Mm, Okay. Cassandra, what's our SEO? (laughs) Oh, we don't even pop up. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So if you, if you search like, yeah, if you, if you, if you search like podcasts and Kamloops or like, you probably pop up because that's in the keywords Mm -hmm. of your title Mm -hmm. of your website. But Yes, but how, how is Google finding you? So it's like Google sends out these like little crawlers out into the internet. Like, okay, like if I search um, best pizza shop in Kamloops, okay, like Google's like, okay, you're looking for best pizza shop in Kamloops. Mm-hmm. That was hard to say. <laughs> Trust me, hire me. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but so it's it, like, so Google sends these little crawlers. I'm like, okay, I'm looking for these keywords. And if they're not on your website, and they're, if, they're, if somebody oh. else has them on their website even more, and it, they're like, okay, well, like, this person is an authority, so this must be the right place. So for. we should just put, like, the words best pizza and cantaloupes on our website, Cassandra. Yeah. You'll look that up, and we'll come up, and then they'll just come across our podcast. We're like, you're going to have to write one us while listening to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what would some advice you have for maybe smaller brands who maybe aren't at the point where they need your services or don't asking have Asking for a friend, but asking ask, for us. Yeah, yeah. asking for a friend, essentially. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> where would you, like, focus your time on, or what are some quick tips you have for some small solopreneurs? <laughs> So I would say if my if your friends a podcaster. Oh wow, what is this is what I would, re- oh, what I would she's recommend. So intuitive. <laughs> so funny. But really, okay, it's it's doing a little bit of your own deep dive and saying, like, who are we? What are we doing and why are we doing it? What is our purpose? Yeah. And really nailing that down. And then looking at okay, what are we putting out into the world and onto what different platforms? And is that saying it? Is it saying that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it is sometimes, sometimes now you're like, okay, well, what's the message that you're trying to get across here? Because mm-hmm. a confused mind does not buy in. Oh, so it's just something as simple as that, like writing your mm-hmm. mission statement. What does mm-hmm. that look like? Mm-hmm. No, we had to do that recently because we yeah. uh, applied for like some, I was going to say scholarship, but we're not in school, <laughs> like a bursary of, of sorts. A grant, yeah. yeah. Like a, a grant. Us podcast nice. grant. Mm-hmm. And you have to like do a deep dive on our mission and vision. And it kind of was yeah. made us step back and be like, Oh, Wait. we can actually go way farther than yeah. and more in depth and do way more amazing things than we just thought was going to be like a fun conversation. Yeah. And it kind of gave us an even broader vision, still more focused, but mm-hmm. kind of gave us more sight of what we could achieve too. I thought that was really helpful. And even if we're the only people that can see that deep dive, I think it made it more clear for the people mm-hmm. that did follow us and do follow us because we were more sure even after we did that. Yeah, absolutely. It'll happen naturally, too, if you feel it down to your bones. Okay, and even doing the deep dive, there's two things. There is the purpose that you tell everyone on on the surface and for your marketing. And it's real and it's true. Mm -hmm. But then there's a second purpose that's actually driving you, like, deep down. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that makes you work hard, dig in, and actually do it. Because if it's only for the first reason, like the surface one... When things get hard, no, you're going to tap That's out. That's so true. I love that. So That's what would good. that deeper feeling be for you and for, with Pepper? Yeah, like well, on the surface, it's, and it's like I said, it's true and it's real. There's, and I absolutely believe it. And that's a big part of why we're doing what we're doing is I want to help other creative entrepreneurs be successful and sustainable in their business mm-hmm. because there's crazy talented people out there that burn out and then we don't get to enjoy their beautiful creations. Mm-hmm. It's definitely supporting my industry. And then the deep down reason is I want to be fully sustainable on my own Mm -hmm. and self-sufficient. And I want that for the women that I work with as well. I love that. Absolutely. I want to know how you took the steps from being just, you know, a solo, solopreneur. How did you say? Yeah, solopreneur. I've never heard that before. Yeah, Yeah. solopreneur. Going from that to then 
creating Pepper? Because obviously it didn't happen in a day. Like, how many people did you have when you first kind of launched it? None. None? Okay. <laughs> so you're like, I'm just doing it. I don't care who's with me. Yeah. I, the whole point zero. was to get help, but I'm just going to do it myself anyways. It was, so. it was zero. Um, so I, I just, it was an idea. I talked to my friends. Uh, I fleshed out the idea based on their feedback and, I, and then I actually hired for the second time. So I never, I've never had any official education like university or college. Didn't mm-hmm. get that opportunity. But I have had private education where I hired a coach to teach me specifically oh, cool. about things about business and marketing that I wanted to learn. So it was very expensive private education. But it was the most amazing. And I highly yeah. recommend anyone getting a coach. So they, I hired them the first time to help me with my own business. Because I knew I could figure it out through going to workshops and networking and learn, figuring out what I could do online and workshops or when we we could do it in person, they were absolutely like the most amazing. And you learn just as much from the speakers as you do from each other mm-hmm. and just trial and error. So I ended up hiring someone to help me uh, accelerate the business side of it and the marketing side because I wasn't, I didn't go to school for marketing. I was just, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. did, I just took photos like I was the photographer, but running a business is very different than the service that I was offering. So I, I hired someone specifically to help me work out the processes and the workflow and my systems. And it was the best thing that I could have done. And then I went back again and hired them for the build of Pepper and helping me build out the processes that, oh, and wow. the systems. We, we're a unique company because we aren't corporate. I think you have to be, they, people have to align with us. They either they do or they mm-hmm. don't, but we're, we're definitely niched towards creative entrepreneurs and mostly photographers. Yeah, I wanted to ask you what your kind of hiring process was and how you found the people that you did. Because I was looking at your website. You have quite a few employees. Like, you guys are mm-hmm. quite large for a company that's new and two years old. Like, you've got, there's quite a few of you. Mm-hmm. It's it. Yeah, it's, it makes me emotional to talk about the team because I, I honestly don't know how I got so lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they're the most incredible, talented women and it, we didn't start off just hire, like wanting to hire only women. It turned out that way. Mm-hmm. But it is a learning curve going from mm-hmm. now our favorite word, solopreneur, to <laughs> a team. It is a, is a very different beast. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. when I first started hiring, I was like, this person's cool. Like, they got skills. I didn't think of it as a team environment. Right. I thought of it just mm-hmm. like, I like this person. I would hang out with them every day. Like, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I'm an entrepreneur, so that means I take initiative. I'm a go-getter. Mm-hmm. I'm a self-starter. Like, I've worked for myself for many, many years. But when I hired someone, I didn't think if they were also like that. Right. Because when you're part yeah. of a startup, you also have to have those qualities. Like, every single person on our team has that, those entrepreneurial qualities. Either they have helped someone run their own business or they've started and tried mm. running themselves, like, their own business. Cassandra yeah. and I have talked about that before, kind of how, because we did, we talked an episode about interviews and the interview experiences we have had and being on kind of both sides of it and that you can teach, I mean, it's, you want to hire people with specific skills, but you can teach a lot of people how to do things. You can train people, but you can't train someone how to, you know, get along with other people, have those interpersonal kind of like soft skills to get along with people in your team and kind of meld so that you can accomplish and achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are that's a very important observation. Mm-hmm. It also comes down to, like, what are your skills and mm-hmm. what do you need? What, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Because it's okay mm-hmm. to have those weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't I – don't, I don't subscribe to, like, okay, what's my weakness? Now I need to get better at that. I'm like, no, what's my yeah. strength and how do I make that as kick-ass as possible? Then I can have people on my team yeah. that their strengths are my, where my weaknesses are. And then that's how totally. we work together. Everyone on the team, it's, it's like a puzzle piece. It's terrifying actually cool. hiring someone new <laughs> because it's – the flow is so good. When you go to hire, mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> how was it hiring your first employee? Mm-hmm. Like, how was that transition from solopreneur to employer? And what were those hurdles oh. like? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> and you, when you think about this, you hire someone, you are now responsible for their financial well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Such one way to yeah, think about it. It's a very good point. Cassandra, you're responsible for my financial well being with this yeah. podcast. Just so you yeah. know. I am not your so employer. Funny. So <laughs> You're like, this is a partnership. Get out. 50 50. I, I do not run your schedule. I do yeah, not pay like, you. But if you had, let's say you hire someone else mm-hmm. and you oh, pay them God. per hour, I know. whatever that dollar amount is, yeah. every single hour you're paying them that. You're like, yeah. 
Here's You're lunch. Like, mm. Here's lunch again. Ooh. Here's lunch again. You're like, it's, it's a lot of responsibility more. on your shoulders. Mm. So it's more like um, your team all takes on little bits of projects, or is it more like one person will handle one contract or one business? Mm-hmm. No, we, we all work together as a team, so it's really interesting. When we take on a creative, there's a project manager that's their go-to person, and mm-hmm. that's the person that they strategize with and they delegate to. And then that project manager goes to the team and says, okay, I'm enlisting you, you, and you mm-hmm. from the team, from the Pepper team, to be now part of this creatives team because they need newsletters, they need social and blogging. And everybody on the team has a different skill set, and they utilize that. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. In BCLC right now, we're doing, like, I'm doing my project management, like, certifications, and it's all about project management and, like, agile teams. So I thought it was really cool when I looked through your website and saw that there's project managers. I was like, oh, I only thought I could do that in, like, a very corporate informational technology world. Mm -hmm. But it was really cool to see that title and be like, oh, wait, I could use this knowledge in every field or other fields. I thought that was super cool. It's it's literally coordination. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's because if you had a single person, let's say I I went to hire an individual virtual assistant, and we we don't call ourselves virtual assistants, but let's say that's I hired someone that was a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. If they get sick or they go on vacation, yeah, where's gone. the backup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think it also makes it way more collaborative and makes your business better because. Mm-hmm. If only Cassandra gets client number one and client number one is a really big client who's going to want a yeah. lot of, you know, a lot of services and I only get client number two who just wants something small done, well then I'm in competition. Why does Cassandra get client number one? And I'm not saying your employees would be like that, but I think that in a business, it's way better to be like, Cassandra and Kennedy, you guys work together on client number one and client number two. Now we're both engaged and invested in doing good work for both. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really good strategy that mm-hmm. is missed in a lot of corporate life too. It's extremely collaborative, especially in, with marketing. Right. You you want to be thinking outside the box, so you don't always just want to be doing the same old thing. There are some basics that a lot of businesses need to have, or I say almost all businesses need to have. But mm-hmm. what you do within those basics and how do you elevate that, 100% is innovation. Was that something that, in that structure, something that you decided that you wanted when you knew that you were building Pepper, or was it more on the advice of the coach that you had? No, so the coach helped me for the setup, but when I started running it, it was on it was on our own. It's a hundred percent experience. Okay. That we grew into that. I was gonna ask, so you're very like you have a lot of values and you have a specific vibe for your business and your people that you um, hire to work for you. Does that affect the types of clients that you take on? Like how do you keep your vibe, your mission, your vision with the clients that you pick up do you take anyone or do you have like a selective kind of process we definitely don't take just anyone but it goes both ways it happens very quickly because we're not we're not for everybody Mm -hmm. so we get into a call and I'm very much just like this like I mean someone said recently I'm gonna call you out Pepper has a potty mouth I'm like back and rights (laughs) he doesn't say like badass on all your like descriptions (laughs) of your clients like badass creative director or something like that right yeah yeah, like it's it's a it's definitely very clear what it would be like to work with us. Like mm-hmm. how we how we showcase ourselves online is definitely how we are in person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should see our internal communications; they're hilarious. They're slightly inappropriate. <laughs> okay, they're a lot. Inappropriate, <laughs> but... IT is just lo- living for it. They just read them all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's a good thing we don't have an HR department. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> no. That's what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be great to add into the podcast. <laughs> pepper. No, it's all good. I find it so interesting when we talk about marketing and brands that manage marketing and having those missions and vision. And I think this year especially, there was a lot of pressure put on brands to change their marketing and to make sure it had the right messages and it was inclusive. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. How do you kind of take that into consideration when you're taking on new companies and how do you ensure that you are leading by example, maybe for people's marketing to make sure that the space and what people see is representative of what our communities look like? Okay, so that's that's a multiple layered question. So if I was working for a company or if our team had been hired by a company that was very not inclusive, we would stop working with them. That wouldn't be something mm-hmm. we wouldn't want to support a company that had beliefs that I we feel like would be harmful. 
it's an open world. Like people can believe whatever they want, but yeah, if it is like a a racist or homophobic or otherwise a harmful belief that they they showcase in their companies and that they're they're especially like vocal about whether they're vocal or not something we know then Mm -hmm. no like we don't want to be supporting businesses like that we haven't come across that i haven't experienced it i don't think we attract anybody like that (laughs) so we haven't had that problem a more like a positive note with conference and chill like we have every opportunity to showcase inclusivity Mm -hmm. uh, no matter we showcase people from all over the world all Mm -hmm. different backgrounds all different sexual orientations and Awesome. It's freaking awesome. That's we, like we have the yeah, we have the platform to be able to do that. So absolutely we're we're using it. There's just so much pressure that I've seen in the media on the media or on marketing and on companies recently this past year. So I think it's really interesting to hear how you run your company and how you kind of ensure that what you're aligning aligning with is promoting the right causes and you are promoting the right people in your conference and chill. I think that's incredible you're absolutely going above and beyond doing your part thank you can you explain to the listeners what conference and chill is just so they know what it is what it's about conference and chill was our pivot in 2020 i know Mm -hmm. we're all sick of that word (laughs) (laughs) i hate that i said it first i know i was really hoping you guys would say it who's gonna say it first who's gonna bring it up (laughs) when the first wave of covid hit we actually lost probably about 75% of our creatives. They paused because mm-hmm. they didn't know what was happening with their business. Mm-hmm. Example, like the destination photographers mm-hmm. that lost 50 grand. So we were something that wasn't necessarily required in their business. If they right. weren't shooting, they weren't working, there wasn't work to be done. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was sitting there with this incredible team of women. I thought, okay, what are we going to do to keep everybody together and keep people working? Mm-hmm. And I came up with the idea actually in a call with one of our creatives helping them set up a webinar and I said, you know, for your webinar, why don't you invite, you know, another photographer friend of yours and, you know, they can talk about something else. And, you know, it could be you know, multiple people teaching up in this webinar. And they're like, no, no, we just want to do our own thing. And um, we just want to do this. And I thought, oh, fuck, like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to hang out with a bunch of cool people doing cool shit. I'm like, I'll spend an entire day just hanging out online with, like, incredible photographers. So uh, it was going to be a single day. And then it went to two days. Then it was three days because so many people were saying yes. And I mean big people. Like mm. we had Helen Sloan. She's the photographer for Game of Thrones. Oh, my gosh. Well, She was one of our speakers. And I was talking to her on the phone and she's like, Stace, this is one of the coolest things I've ever done. I'm like, shut <gasps> up. It is not. You're like, you literally did Game of Thrones. <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's old news. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, she's like, yeah, they're not so cool, you know. But like, oh, no, I mean, my gosh. right? Like people like that, like big name people, mm-hmm. big companies in the industry, we're saying yes to being a part of this because it was positive boost of energy into our community, into our industry yeah. that was just hit so hard. And it was so much fun. It kept everybody working. Mm-hmm. Our, our teams yeah. like stuck together. It kept Pepper alive. Like Pepper could have existed, but it just would have been small, yeah. just a small, sad, like few of us mm-hmm. would have continued yeah. working. And like we built, built way too much and worked way too hard to to give like to go down yeah it's yeah. probably my ego too i'm like this, this is not happening <laughs> like, it we're keeps gonna, it going we're gonna, gonna, gonna make this work yeah. Yeah. The ego. yeah well no it's your like your little you know you created it's it your baby you're yeah. baby you're protective it's your little pepper cassandra's little future pepper. child your company the pepper <laughs> yeah. Yeah. my little jalapeno yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was insane it was crazy i'd never done anything like that before not only had our team had never done anything like that before. The industry, mm-hmm. the photography industry had never done anything like that before. That's crazy. So legitimately, the very first conference, virtual conference in the photography industry was put on by a bunch of chicks from Kamloops. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Insane. That's the coolest thing That's ever. That's so cool. So it's become a series now. So it's a continuation. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest feedbacks we got was photographers don't want to learn um, always from people in their same industry. So mm-hmm. even the whole point, like talking about um, like inclusivity, is that we wanted to learn not just always from the same photographers that you see all the time, like really mostly white dudes. Yeah. Really was most of it. And then some women as well, but I would say 90% white were the educators and speakers that you would see. So we're like, okay, well, that's not cool. Like I want to learn from this incredible photographer from Vietnam and this one from Argentina and this one from Brazil and like from India. We had um, Nick Jonas, 
his wedding photographer from India oh my is one of our speakers. That's Whoa. cool. That's so- I was like, wait, Nick Jonas was there? I <laughs> liked the pause just for all of us to go lean in and go, wait, did she just say that she had Nick Jonas on the <laughs> Honestly, his yeah. photographer's cooler. Like, it's fine. Like, that's awesome. I mean, this photographer is freaking cool. His name's Joseph Raddick. He's from India. He's mm. crazy talented, hilarious, kindest, biggest hearted human being. Mm. Oh, that's, that's so, so cool. cool. What a creative initiative. Yeah, so how has that personal journey been since, um, I guess, mostly with Pepper and where it is now? Like, how have you grown in your leadership? How? What new things has it taught you just in these past two years that has really gained a lot of value to you? I think as a woman and being a an owner of a company, and I don't, I don't even like, I don't even like being called a boss. I prefer mm-hmm. prefer a team member. I prefer leader over boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like, and this is my own thing. This is like, this is part of my own journey. Is as a female that when I'm delegating stuff, I worry about coming across bossy or bitchy mm-hmm. or aggressive. Yeah. And if, and if I was a man, I would never worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming. So when I used to delegate, I would ask nicely be like oh maybe you could do this or like maybe we should do that like what do you guys think instead mm-hmm. of being like okay this is what I think we should do and I, we're gonna do this this and this and then like hey what do you guys think mm-hmm. right and then I sound confident but I was worried that I would sound aggressive mm-hmm. that I would sound bossy that I would sound bitchy yeah and that the people that I was working with wouldn't like that mm-hmm. yeah I was just to say like even in our own like we specifically chose our title and to have the word boss in it because we don't like the definition of boss and what it means. We want to change the perception of it through our conversations with people like you. But yeah, the the connotation that you think of when you think of boss isn't ne- a female leader. Yes. When you think of like a, you think of either girl boss, but I just want to be a boss. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked yeah. about yeah. that too. We were yeah. like with our title, we don't want to be seen as like girl boss it just why does that have to be like it's like there's boss Mm -hmm. which is like the man in the suit with the tie telling you what to do and then there's girl boss which is a completely different thing and especially where I came from my personal Mm -hmm. life to where I am now it's definitely been such an evolution but that's something Mm -hmm. I personally learned yeah you can be direct you can be confident in what you want and be strong in that but also still be open to ideas Mm -hmm. and brainstorming with the team something that's like a even like a step further being a female entrepreneur is if I were to get pregnant, people would immediately ask me, how is that going to affect your business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to, people will wonder if I will take it as seriously. If I was a dude, yeah. are people going to be asking that? No, no. They're going to freaking congratulate a cigar dude, and yeah. have a beer. Let's like, go. Five. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Rock on. congratulations. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can have both. Of course. And more. What would you say is the biggest piece of advice that you have for someone who wants to start their own thing, whether it's a business or just a creative hobby even, like something that they just feel passionate about? What do you think the biggest piece of advice is? Are, are they doing it for work mm-hmm. or are they doing it as a passion? That's a good question. What's the difference in your answer if they're doing it for work versus if they're doing it for a passion? For a passion, I would say, well, I, I just putting your work out there. I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's not good enough mm-hmm. yet to put it out there. I'm like, oh, I don't want to showcase it. Or I'm not going to put this online. Or like, I don't want to put my, myself online maybe. And because mm-hmm. who you are as an artist is just as interesting to people. People follow people. People don't just follow businesses. Or they follow your purpose because they align with it. But as, as an artist, I would say, if you're wanting to put your stuff out there, if you're wanting to become be seen become known then it's it's really just not being afraid to do it and so it's okay to it's okay to not be for everyone and if you're copying what other people are doing because it's popular then you're just a you're just another like a like me like a yeah but you're doing it because it feels safe because you see somebody else doing it it's popular and that's trendy you just you need to put out what you do because Mm -hmm. other people are going to love what you do but as a business i would say knowing what your minimal your minimum viable product is. So what is, what's the thing that's going to make you money and what is like your basic offering mm-hmm. that's going to turn a profit? That's a good piece yeah. of advice. Absolutely. What yeah. is um, a piece of advice that, or some words of wisdom you would share to 
maybe some other women that might be in the circumstance that you were 10 years ago mm-hmm. that are looking to change, make a change in their lives? doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen with a decision. It's just one. Wanting, wanting to have mm-hmm. a different life or wanting mm-hmm. better for yourself and knowing that that's okay, mm-hmm. that it's okay to want a better life. It takes yeah. a lot of courage. It's incredible. Yeah, I think your story is absolutely amazing and it's so cool to see the business that you've built and it's definitely one of those brands that is in my head has transcended Kamloops. What is a local business in Kamloops that you would like to plug that you think deserves a shout out and some love? I think because we were talking about photography and boudoir, mm-hmm. I'd have to say Rosalind mm-hmm. photography. Oh, I've seen. Rosalind boudoir. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is she from Barrier? Very, very cool. She is. You should do a podcast <laughs> with her. She's absolutely one of my favorite people. Mm. Her her boudoir photography will blow you away. Mm. She's so crazy talented. I mean, if you're out there and you want to do a boudoir shoot for yourself that's very sexy and mm. very empowering, you're going to have, mm. like, the most fun. Cool. Second wrap-up question is, what is your current boss chick anthem for when you just need to get hyped up and feel like a bad boss? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I it, like for music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's not music for me. I'm gonna say it's a phrase. Ooh. Oh, cool! I love that. Yeah, and it's, it's the pepper tagline. Is definitely hashtag fuck yeah. I love, love that. that. We should put a beat underneath that. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put the explicit sign on this episode for all the little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it's, if you're hanging out with Pepper, it's just yeah, they added the spice. Yes. Yeah. They've tainted the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is that so on your cool. website that ha- like just hashtag you know what i don't know if it is on the website it's probably in a lot of blogs on the <laughs> website but it's not in the main copy of the website okay, but it's cool. it's absolutely everywhere else can you plug yourself before you bid us adieu you can find pepper at www.meetpepper.ca oh yeah and conference and chill at conferenceandchill.com mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, Instagram, at meet pe- at meet.pepper, mm-hmm. and Conference and Chill is at Conference and Chill. Pretty easy going. I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. This has been incredible. Learned so really much enjoyed today. talking with you. Yeah. Such an empowering oh. woman. That was fabulous. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love what you guys are doing, and I love that you're in Kamloops. And just keep kicking ass out there. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you again, Stacy, for such an incredible interview. There was a lot of words of wisdom that she bestowed onto us. I think beyond just like her business knowledge, it's really empowering to see somebody take their life into their hands and make a whole new world for themselves. It's so incredible. Definitely, if you guys are looking for any creative help, we couldn't recommend Pepper enough. Like, please check out Pepper. Um, but also, um, we will have a lot of information about Pepper on our stories. So mm-hmm. don't forget to follow us at the Boss Chick Project you on Instagram. You know what to do. Our personals, but also the Boss Chick Project. Slide mm-hmm. in, respond to our stories. We always post up little little interactive things for you to do yeah. with our special marketer Cassandra behind the scenes <laughs> doing all the marketing. We have a little link tree in there, and if you just want to, mm-hmm. you know, play around around in there you can also find a link to subscribe subscribe to the pod subscribe if you haven't subscribed already what are you doing like i just don't understand subscribe it's actually really healthy for you and it's also really healthy to download Mm -hmm. leave a review you want to get your blood pressure down leave a review even just a little like is just good karma it's a little serotonin Mm -hmm. boost yeah guys mercury's in retrograde you probably should do good things for your karma right now absolutely you know what it is. All right. That is it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. The bosses are out. The office is closed. And we'll see you next week. Bye.